Welcome to Marketecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews of leading technology vendors. I'm Mike Shields. I'm here with Julie Town. She's the VP and Head of Product Marketing and Operations for Pinterest. Hey, Julie, thanks for being here. Thanks, Mike. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited to get into this with you. This is a little unusual because we're often talking to tech platforms. Pinterest is a platform, but it's this is a very product-heavy interview. Let's start from the top. What does Pinterest do? How does your company's product work? And then we'll get into some specifics. All right. That's a good place to start as any. So Pinterest at its core is an inspiration platform. And we really are unique. I think in the industry, we kind of sit at the intersection of social search and commerce. And for pinners, our mission is really to bring pinners the inspiration to create a life they love. And so it's a visual platform that that really helps pinners kind of uniquely move through the entire consumer journey from finding upper funnel ideas and inspiration and really bring them into life. And so that's kind of the unique value prop we, we offer for advertisers as well, where we think we're building one of the leading full funnel solutions that truly can drive through multi-session journeys, people from early discovery through to decision and purchase or action all in one place. All right. I want to get into some product-specific questions about Pinterest, but let's just say, again, we're, we're often talking to back-end ad tech companies. This is a little bit different, a consumer-facing brand. What category do you put yourselves in? Are you a social media platform? Are you a search engine? Are you really a unique entity? Like, I imagine you compete with lots of different parts of the ecosystem, but who, where do you place yourselves? We do. It's a good question. And we really sit at this intersection. So we are unique, I think, against what others might compare us as in our peer set against social apps, where our platform is very much a mix of social plus search and commerce. So I don't think there's a one-for-one comparative. What I'll say on the advertising side is that our peer set oftentimes are other social platforms We compete for both social budgets, but increasingly our goal is to become more of a performance player and and building out stronger performance for advertisers in the lower funnel, which we could talk about. And so we're definitely starting to grow more of our search and performance budgets as well. Okay. I want to talk about products. There's probably, I guess there's two ways to look at it. There's the the, the consumer pricing brand, and then there's the ad sales backend or 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 the different things you're trying to build for to help with your customers. In terms of the consumer experience, I know it's going to vary and it's probably evolved a lot over 13 years. Besides guiding people through this purchase journey is what you, how we think about it, but what consumers don't necessarily think about that perhaps is Pinterest, like people used to call it for for scrapbooking or making pin boards or sharing styles, but it's also about shopping inherently. What's the core use case if you can boil it down and maybe, or, or are there like three or four major ones? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we started very much as a visual discovery platform. And so many pinners come to us when they're very early in their inspiration or discovery journey. So we are very strong in what we call endemic categories like fashion and home decor and food and beauty. We have lots of content and engagement that comes from those categories where pinners are are coming for early inspiration and then also pivoting into more commercial intent journeys where they're discovering new brands and potentially products, whether that be a new jacket or a new lamp to, to bring into their living room. And so those are very common use cases that I think pinners come to us for. One interesting kind of more recent revelation we've made this past year is that Gen Z is actually now making up over 40%, 42% to be exact of our monthly active user count. And 
their behavior is, is quite different from older generations. So what we found is that Gen Z is searching and they're saving more content. So they're saving at a two and a half times higher rate than older generations. So saving and, and really curating content is a unique behavior and action type on Pinterest that you can't find as well anywhere else. And a lot of the use cases that Gen Z are coming to us for are different from some of those more common verticals that we really shine in, like fashion and beauty. And, and Gen Z is coming to us really to discover themselves and their own identity. And they feel they can do that in a kind of positive and calming place. So while they're they're shopping and in some of those core categories, they're also really interested in other content types and creating mood boards about things to kind of set an aesthetic or a vibe or being really creative with art and food and, and other content. So it's been really interesting to learn and just observe how they're using the platform organically. Interesting. Cause I, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think a lot of people think of Pinterest as like, it's, it's life stage oriented, you know, you're getting married, you're going to have, you're going on a big trip, you're buying a house or something. Did you do something to cater to Gen Z specifically, or did you, did you just start seeing them show up and do different things and reshaping what you think of maybe as the platform's function for them or, or reason? for Yeah, being? it's, it's been super interesting. We haven't, we did not purposely engineer for Gen Z. And I think if we did, they would reject it because <laughs> I, I think oftentimes pinners or users can kind of sniff out when you're being disingenuine or, or inauthentic. And so it's just been really surprising to us. And I think where a lot of the love has come from is that we are so different and and we offer this kind of unique value to consumers where we really pride ourselves on being kind of the positive corner of the internet. There's a lot of content that you do not see on Pinterest that you can kind of get bogged down with other social platforms. And so I think Gen Z really looks to us as like a, a safe reprieve and place for themselves and really to discover themselves. So there's nothing specific that we're doing. I think we're learning a lot and observing and can continue to hopefully grow that behavior. But we don't want to over-rotate too much because we want to stay true to ourselves and just really doubling down on the strategy that has been working. Okay. All right. Let's shift gears to the, you know, the ad facing part of this, the advertising industry facing part of your products. I don't want you to rattle off every single ad placement there is available, but can you take us through like some of the core products in terms of types of ads and then maybe the back end integrations and data partnerships that are really important to advertisers? Yeah, for sure. One thing I'll, I'll start with is that this year alone, we've actually launched more product innovations than we have in the past two years combined. So product innovation right now at Pinterest is, is at an all-time high. And we've really innovated in a few areas. So the first is we've doubled down on the unique and new types of ad formats that we've offered to advertisers. So in addition to kind of standard shopping ads and other ad formats that you might see on similar platforms, we've also created new unique opportunities for advertisers to showcase their brand, especially in upper funnel early discovery context. So we launched a product called Premier Spotlight earlier this year that enables advertisers to have a secure placement at the top of our home feed or our search results page and take over that spot aligned to brand moments or product launches that they might care about. So that's an example of something new. We've also launched other ad formats that, that really sit in that consideration cycle. So helping pinners get introduced to a brand or kind of decide. So things like quiz ads, or we have formats called showcase ads, where you can kind of show a full collection or range of products and, and engage within that type of format. So that's on the kind of ad formats front. 
On our measurement front, we've also made big investments to make sure that we are aligned with measurement and industry standards and really getting credit for all of the commercial intent and performance that we have been driving. So as an example, earlier this year, we announced a partnership with LiveRamp where we were one of the first to develop a clean room solution with them and have partnered with many advertisers. One of the first that we partnered with was Albertsons, which is a grocery line. And that's a solution that really helps us to safely and in a privacy safe way integrate our data sets to enable closed loop measurement and incrementality testing. We're excited to scale those types of solutions. We also partner with all of the major third-party measurement partners for MTA and MMMs and sales lift testing. And the way our platform works is we have different bidding types. So advertisers can buy on both CPC-based ads as well as optimized CPM or OCPM for lower funnel or kind of conversion and catalog sales objectives. And I think one thing that's unique to Pinterest that advertisers have really appreciated is the flexibility in our ad system where you can combine different ad formats and targeting or bid types to meet different types of objectives. So we've created this flexibility that over time has actually enabled us to introduce more optimization and and hopefully automation in that setup as well. Okay, you may have just covered this, but I was going to ask you what makes your product from an ad tech perspective, I guess, or an an ad product perspective different than competitors? Is it that optimization? Is it the variety? Or is there anything you have a lot of unique integrations, but so so do many others in this category. What what really makes yeah. you guys unique? I think the first thing that I would say that makes us truly unique is the lean forward commercial intent on the platform, especially when you compare us to other social platforms. If if you compare that as as a peer set, you know most social platforms are very entertainment focused, kind of lean back, and ads are interruptive into that experience. Whereas on Pinterest, people are coming to Pinterest to find something to bring into their life or to go and take action. We know that more than 50% of pinners are here to shop. They tell us that they're here to shop. And so automatically, pinners are lean forward. They're in a more active mode. And so we have a lot of valuable first-party intent signal that we've been able to translate into more performant commercial journeys and leverage kind of those contextual signals to match brands and, and advertisers to pinners that are looking for specific content or kind of pivot them into lower funnel action. Okay. You've kind of touched on this. So it might be hard to answer this one because I want to ask you about your typical customer, but you might, I don't know if you want to maybe break that down into category. Like yeah. is your typical customer social agencies? Is it direct to consumer brands? Is it retail media budgets? Yeah. What do maybe those things look like in execution? Yeah. I mean, the short answer is we work with all of them. I think our business is broken into different segments. So we have a large part of our business that partners with retail. Retail is a big segment for us, as well as retail media networks. So we partner with retail media networks and provide access to Pinterest inventory and in different ways with them. We also work with all of the major enterprise brands across other verticals as well, CPG, entertainment, home, tech. So we have a big distribution of of large brands relevant on the platform. 
We've also, to scale the product catalogs and, and our index on the platform, we've partnered with e-commerce providers. So in the past, we've partnered with commerce providers like Shopify and WooCommerce. This past year, we extended our e-commerce integrations with Salesforce Commerce Cloud, as well as Adobe Commerce to really get access to different types of, of retailers or, or brands that work with those providers. And, and really, that's a solution that enables a brand to very seamlessly upload their full product catalog translate those into product pins and ads to improve distribution, discovery, and ultimately product conversions. So we work with all different sides of advertisers, direct to consumer. The sales motion and the the way that we activate that partnership or that content might look different depending on the size of the, the partner or what integrations that they might prefer we work with. I believe you earlier this year announced a partnership with Amazon, correct? We did, yes. What does that entail roughly or in a nutshell? Yeah, so we launched a partnership with Amazon to open up more third-party demand on Pinterest for the first time. We thought that Amazon would be an excellent first partner for us to open up our inventory to a third party. One, because Amazon has a massive catalog of relevant merchants and brands that we wanted to bring onto the platform, especially to improve overall relevance. And two, Amazon has a very seamless and excellent consumer purchasing experience. And so providing more seamless handoffs from Pinterest to Amazon as the retailer of choice made sense as kind of the first way to to open up more inventory. I think the goal from Pinterest perspective is one, to offer more relevant ad content across all different types of categories and verticals within the product. So not only to improve relevance, but it also is another lever for us to grow our monetization strategy. So we're excited about the partnership and it's still early days, but it's definitely a key part of our strategy and how we intend to grow over time. You mentioned you have a a, a real range of size of advertiser. Are we talking like the meta and Googles of the world speak of having like 10 million advertisers and a very, very long tail with small businesses? Does Pinterest go that far or not necessarily? We do, you know, and I think it's some and it's an area we're still looking to scale, especially internationally and and grow our international ARPU. We have a strategy kind of similar to other platforms where we extend and partner with resellers and exporters. So yes, that's that's also part of our our mix. Can you talk a little bit about your you've pushed further into video over the last few years as most as many social platforms have? What do those ad products look look like? And are they geared for a different type of advertiser or are they still very commerce focused? Yeah, we have a mix of different ad solutions with Video Incorporated. So across our entire full funnel suite of products. So at the upper funnel, I mentioned ad formats like Premiere Spotlight. That's a video first format. And we've seen that video really works and it's an engaging format, both to to deliver brand stories and discovery, but also as a product driver and, and a conversion driver, especially in high context surfaces like search. So if you're searching for a specific product and you get shown a product video, that shows the product in context or how to use it that helps to drive performance as well. So we've enabled video across all of our format, almost all of our format types or many of our format types. And something we're really leaning into is shoppable video. So enabling more shopping context within video. So identifying brand and product pricing and, and optionality within within the video itself. Video makes up a large percentage of our ad revenue today. And, and it's definitely something we're committed to, to scaling. 
Okay, let's talk about a couple of more specific use cases. Again, it's going to vary by category, but can you look, like paint a picture for us of like who at these companies are, are you working mostly with their agencies and who's using the product and like what does the workflow look like? What what do customers get from you in terms of like reports, media plans, things like that? So there's a couple ways to to answer this. I think our so we have our direct buying platform. So a majority of our advertisers today are using and buying Pinterest ads directly through our ads manager. One just kind of side fun fact is that our ads manager historically, and we've received feedback from advertisers for some time, has been challenging to use, especially compared to other campaign setup times. And that's been a blocker to us scaling revenue in the past. And so we really made a concerted effort this past year to launch over 50 new features actually in our ads manager that have improved our overall system usability score and just made it more seamless for both hands-on keyboard users, agencies, different size brands to get started really quickly and set up their campaigns more seamlessly. So Many advertisers today are leveraging the ads manager platform to build their campaigns, run their reports. They get access to all of our first-party reporting. Many advertisers use their third-party measurement sources of truth. And so we make sure that we're integrated with all of those and get appropriate attribution in MTA and MMM models as well, especially bigger advertisers use those as, as kind of their default budgeting decision. Sure. We also, so we work with both agencies who have access to that on behalf of their client, as well as direct to consumer mid-sized brands that might be hands-on keyboard in our tooling themselves. We also have big investments in our APIs. And so there's partners that leverage software providers or integrations with, with APIs where they're doing the bidding and, and purchasing from an API integrator. And then on the retail media side, we do work with all of the major retail media networks who are purchasing ads on behalf of their clients. So for example, a big retailer might be working with a large CPG brand and the CPG brand wants to purchase ads through the retailer as they own the conversion data and can help them with closed loop measurement. And so that big retailer then works with us, purchases ads through our ads manager and they handle the closed loop reporting and and Albertsons was an example that we shared previously where our connection with LiveRamp enables a lot of that closed-loop measurement. You mentioned LiveRamp, you mentioned clean rooms a couple of times. How often are customers coming to you with their list of, of logged-in users, email names, and trying to match them up on Pinterest? Is that a big part of your business? And then related, are brands able to target off Pinterest with your data so on the first question, we do partner with LiveRamp and, and other measurement providers to do privacy-safe sharing of, of information. Some of that could be audience matching. A lot of that is more for measurement use cases, so incrementality and multi-touch attribution or closed-loop measurement. On the, the second question, do we allow advertisers to leverage Pinterest audience data off Pinterest? No, we do not. Right, okay. Because I guess I'm wondering, you know, we're heading to this post-cookie world seem someday, <laughs> seemingly soon, and you have a lot of logged-in user data. I imagine that would be an advantage you can leverage over time to try and, you know, help brands actively target customers with confidence, with with also being privacy first or safe. Yeah, I think with the changes in the privacy landscape and upcoming cookie deprecation, we feel well positioned given the kind of first-party signals that we have. Especially, you know, I mentioned. We're pretty unique in in the social landscape where we have a lot of 
kind of shopping or proxy shopping signal that that we can leverage. And so our strategy is really more leaning into connecting and partnering with brands and, and opening up third-party demand, like the example that we have with Amazon, where there's still large percentages of our platform today where we have opportunity to improve ad relevance with more demand from different brands and scaled brands. And so Amazon's a good example of a partner that has enabled us to kind of meet that contextual opportunity or relevant opportunity on Pinterest, where today we might not have an advertiser that can fill that slot. And so that's really what we're focused on. Okay. I should have asked this earlier, perhaps, and this again might vary, but what is your pricing model typically? So our pricing, so we have a couple of bidding strategies or ways that we bill. So advertisers can buy ads on CPC basis. So a lot of our traffic or consideration products can be billed on CPC. We also have a CPM or OCPM model. And much of our revenue today is is through automatic bidding that dynamically flexes ad pricing based on intended or, or predicted performance, whether that's traffic or conversions. And so OCPM bidding is available for conversion objectives and catalog sales. So advertisers who are really looking to drive sales of products and and ROAS or broader conversions, if you're say in a non-endemic category, entertainment, autos, and you still want to drive a conversion, but it might not be a, a purchase itself. What is your one to two year product roadmap? Okay, that's a good question. We're right at the middle of of 2024 planning. So let me see how much I can share. I think what I can share is that there's a lot of momentum right now in the business. In our last earnings, we shared our third consecutive quarter of revenue growth, which we're really proud of, especially in the year that the, the ads industry has had. And so what that signals to us is that our strategy focused on driving commercial intent and lower funnel performance and really building solutions across the full funnel for advertisers is working. And that strategy is enduring. So we're going to continue to focus on driving more performance for advertisers. One thing I haven't shared yet, but that will scale in 2024 is that a big unlock for us this past year was enabling both mobile deep linking as well as direct links. So mobile deep linking for advertisers, retailers who have mobile apps, enabling seamless handoffs from an ad shown on Pinterest directly to a deep link product detail page within in an app where your information is already auto logged in. And then for retailers or brands that don't have an app, we've enabled a very similar solution with direct linking. And both of those solutions have driven massive performance gains for advertisers. And that's really allowed us to unlock and shift from just getting social budgets or kind of securing social budgets to really playing more definitively in the lower funnel and and gaining search and performance budgets. And the results have been remarkable. For MDL, we've seen over 235% lift in traffic at much more efficient cost per click. And, And similarly, for direct links in an early beta this summer, we've been able to drive close to 90% lifts in traffic and upwards of 20% lift in conversions. So there's meaningful performance gains that people somewhat overnight are starting to see from Pinterest and really taking us seriously in performance advertising. And so that's been the strategy this past year. And that will be the strategy next year to continue to scale those types of solutions across our full ad suite. There's definitely more of a focus next year on automation and and optimization, again, with the intent of driving more performance for advertisers. And then as has been this year, shopping is 
and will continue to be a big focus on the roadmap for Pinterest. So I mentioned the commercial intent and that lean forward behavior. There's a lot more we can do, I think, to scale our product catalog and make sure that we have relevant brands on the platform for pinners to discover and go and buy when they have moved down their their full funnel journey. And so making the platform more shoppable, we've added a lot more what we call shoppable pins to our content corpus, which are pins that include product links or direct links out to a retailer as well as product information, or it's a purchasable image or the product can be recognized within the image. So there's a lot more work to go to realizing that vision, but the strategy is is unchanged and we're kind of staying the course because we've seen that it's been working. You mentioned automation. I imagine that includes some elements of AI. In general, how, yeah. how is Pinterest adopting AI for either generative or just regular old AI that's for programmatic buying, selling, et cetera? Yeah, I mean AI it's it's the the industry buzzword right now. I think what I'll share first with Pinterest's approach to AI in general is that we've been very deliberate and thoughtful in how we're leveraging AI technology and incorporating that throughout our product. So as an example, I'll start with on the consumer side, we this past year launched a new body type technology, which is a first of its kind patent pending technology that enables us to really understand the shape, size, and form across various body types in over 5 billion images on the platform. And this is really Pinterest bread and butter where we are visually recognition platform. And so we've been able to take that and translate that into an inclusive feature. And our ethos is always, you know, you can't feel inspired if you don't feel included. And so we've spent a lot of our product roadmap investing in inclusive products. And so this technology is is complementary to other similar inclusive features like skin tone filters and hair pattern tools. And so we'll continue that work this next year. On the advertising side, how we're leveraging AI, you know, one good example is that we're using AI in a solution called whole page optimization, which is a solution that allows us to more dynamically optimize the blend of organic and relevant ad content that a pinner may see. So we can scan kind of the full set of content that a pinner might be exposed to within a screen or on a specific surface and responsibly increase ad load where there's relevant content. And so we've been able to significantly increase ad load while also maintaining positive and kind of neutral to positive impact on overall pinner engagement, which previously has been kind of an unheard of challenge in in the ad space. And so our AI models are able to drive that kind of automation and performance for us and and driving more clicks and, and conversions from that. In the generative space, what I can share is that generative AI is new and and it's definitely something that we're excited about and and investing in and, and see opportunities to leverage across both our search and consumer content as well as our ads and ads creative. And so that's something we're we're currently exploring and experimenting with. All right, cool. You mentioned your revenue growth for several quarters. Can is Pinterest profitable? Oh yes. Yes. Pinterest oh, yes. is profitable, has been profitable. Yes. All right. All public in our I'm probably not best to to share those numbers, but it is all public in you our, seem, you seem very in our earnings. So I feel like I'm yes. take your word yes. for it. All right. It is lightning round time. I hope you're ready. Okay. We're gonna do a number of questions here looking for brief answers off the top of your head. Okay. Try my Let's best. Let's do this. What is the one competitive advantage you have versus other solutions? 
our commercial intent and our lean forward audience and part two, our positive environment. Okay. Why won't the walled gardens like Google, Facebook, and Amazon crush you? Oh, because I, I think we've built a moat around the visual curation and unique behavior that we have on the platform. I think Amazon and Google have both tried to create social commerce apps for many years that have this organic user intent. This is not a quick answer, but yeah, I uh, TikTok as well, I believe. Sure, yeah. TikTok, like everyone's kind of trying to build what we have. And speaking from experience, working at a former competitor that you mentioned, it's really hard to change the natural state and the statefulness of a user on an app. And we have that statefulness built in. All right. What is your biggest product or market challenge? Oh, okay. I would say our ability to receive attribution credit for the amount of performance that we are driving for advertisers. Okay. What is the number one reason customers choose not to use your product? Oh, scale. I think many advertisers love Pinterest and want to spend more on Pinterest, especially given the brand safety and positivity Mm -hmm. of the platform. I think one of the areas that we're working on is our ability to scale, scale budgets, you know, ads manager improvements is like one example of that third party demand is another. So it's something we're, we're very much working on. Okay. And lastly, if your company was an animal, what animal would it be? Oh my goodness. Oh man. I'm bad at that kind of thing. Let me think. If we were an animal, oh, I don't know. I mean, this is maybe, I don't know if anyone inside of Pinterest would agree with this. The very first animal that came to mind is a bunny rabbit. And and the reason I think- Gotta be adorable if you're Pinterest. It's adorable. And like everyone loves bunnies and it's just like (laughs) a feel good animal that is like, no one hated a bunny. They do do good. (laughs) You want to snuggle with them. (laughs) All right. That's the first bunny. I like that. Julie, awesome conversation. Thanks so much. Hopefully we'll talk again. All right. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you for subscribing to Marketecture. New interviews are added every week at marketecture.tv and your favorite podcasting app.